Today is Thursday, September 25th. Uh, we are here on WTPRN and also KTAE 1330 AM radio. You are listening to Michael Badnarik on Lighting the Fires of Liberty. Uh, wake up, America. Your country needs you. It is the duty of every patriot to protect his or her country from government corruption. Why stand we here idle? The Second American Revolution has already begun. Lay down your fear. Pick up that torch of liberty. Walk with me through the darkness of uncertainty towards our common goal of world peace. Thank you so much for joining me today. And my co-host is um, Stefan Molyneux, who's uh, coming to us from uh, Canada. And our subject matter this morning is philosophy. Who needs it? And we are discussing, you know, the whole subject of what is philosophy. It is a a system of thought, not what to think, but more how to think. And the goal, whether or not we are successful, the goal, the objective, is to always make the correct decision, to always come up with the right answer. And naturally, people are always arguing about whether their answer is correct or not. And that's because people have different philosophies. They base uh, their conclusions on a different set of facts. So uh, before we continue our debate and our discussion, I want to uh, thank my sponsors who make it possible for me to broadcast on KTAE.net. Uh, they are ASAP Plant Mineral Supplement. You can purchase this um, system of vitamins for your garden by calling Pamela McKenzie. Her phone number, 877-596-2727. You can also purchase silver, gold, and platinum. You can convert your... Um, uh, wet, worthless Federal Reserve notes into, uh, you know, real tangible wealth. And you can do that by calling Tim Fry. Tim's number is 800-874-9760. 800-874-9760. Our phone number here is 512-646-1984. And you are strongly encouraged to exercise your freedom of expression, um, and, and especially call in if you disagree. Um, the only thing we ask is that you remain polite and defend your conclusions. You know, don't be, don't take it personally if we, uh, you know, question uh, your logic and question the evidence that you submit for your ideas. Um, if we argue and discuss the ideas, hopefully we can all come up with uh, a quote-unquote correct answer. We, we can work together to establish what is true and what is not true. Um, Frank, does it... Um have you had experiences where you disagree with someone and the person that you are talking to gets emotionally upset because uh, you disagree with their answer? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely, Michael. In fact, I was just sitting here thinking of, of an example of, of online with your topic this morning. And I was thinking the other day, me and my wife were sitting here in our living room, and we were discussing the issue of licensing, uh, driver's licenses. I'm a, I hold 
tradition in our founding forefathers where, you know, to have liberty is to not be restricted to go to and from one place or to another place with, with government intervention. And so when you, when you take away that liberty and, and make a privilege, take a right into a privilege, convert it into a privilege, you, you, know, you then take away that person's ability to, to, to travel, which is a base, the most basic fundamental right. Now, she, on the other hand, feels that, well, and then, again, this is her philosophy, because she looks at it from the standpoint of all the years that she's grown up, what she's been exposed to, what she's been taught, uh, that, you know, having a driver's license is actually not such a bad thing at all, because she, she made the, uh, the illustration that, well, what if somebody goes up our street 100 miles an hour and hits one of our kids or hits, hits somebody or does something, you know, how are they going to, how, you know, how's that person going to be, you know, apprehended if they don't have any record or if the person, you know, because he doesn't have a driver's license? I'm like, well, it doesn't matter whether he's licensed or not. You could still drive up the street 100 miles an hour with or without a license. It, it's, that goes to common sense and exercising reasonable care. People do those types of things, like to destroy people's property or, or harm people personally. That's a common law crime, and then that's punishable. But we have laws against that. You know, we have courts that deal with that issue. They, they've been doing it since since the uh, since man has been able to use uh, you know intellect and reason and logic and understand that you know we or, you know, we, we don't want to be harmed any more than harming anyone else. Now, there are some people who don't care because of their own selfish interests or because they just are insane. But the point of it is that there's two rational, there's two rationalities there. Now, I'm rationing on the, on the side of, of being, you know, free from government restraint. She's, on the other hand, putting the rationale that, well, you know, I understand we need to be free, but I don't think, you know, you know, having a driver's license is all that, that bad. But it all depends on how you look at it, and that's two different philosophies. That's, that's true, and, and where you and your wife sit on the philosophical spectrum is in two places, obviously, and, and one of them is an argument from principles, and the other one is an argument from effect, right? So you're saying, well human beings don't have the right to initiate the use of force against other human beings in order to get them a piece of paper to give them permission to drive and so on. So you're arguing from first principles upwards, which I think is the right way to do it, and your wife is saying, well, I'm not so concerned with the principles, I'm concerned with the effect of the exercise of this power, and I want to surrender my liberty to drive if the result is that fewer people go down my street at um, 100 miles an hour and hit kids or whatever, right? So these are two approaches to determining the right course of action. They're not actually that incompatible, though I'm not a big fan of these pragmatic or utilitarian arguments from effect, like what is the result of it, because the results are so hard to predict. But I think that uh, what your wife, I'm sure, would understand is if, if, if she said, look, I would prefer, in a, in a truly free society, the roads would be private and so on, and say, I would prefer to contract with a road company that kept fast drivers off the street 
But I don't think that your wife would be right in saying, I want other people who don't agree with me on this licensing issue to go to jail, right? So it would be a contract between her and the road company or you and the road company, which would keep her preferences front and center. But if your wife's goal is to reduce harm, which, of course, is a good goal, then initiating force against other people to make them get a license would be a violation even of that principle. So I think that working from first principles gives you a much more consistent and as you say, there's no guarantee that government licensing actually reduces uh, road injuries or fatalities. I mean, the death toll on the highways is a nightmare. So I say that uh, it's not really good to say, well, there's this effect that comes from the use of violence uh, or aggression against citizens, and that's an effect I want, so it's okay. I think that uh, we want to always work from first principles so that we come to something that is true, not something that just feels desirable, if that makes sense. It's true. I agree with that. And, you know, and not to put women down or, or to say anything, that, and I'm sure I might catch some heat for this, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, a fact that men and women do not look at things the same way. You know, it's been, it, there's been books written on how women dom are predominantly more, uh, they think with the left-hand side of their brain, which, which we're all pretty much your, your uh, emotional sensory uh receptors are, and men think with the right-hand side of the brain, or the logic part of the brain is. And, of course, because of that, you're, because of, of the differences, you know, those sexes are predominantly more prone to lean towards those notions of either logic or emotion, you know, reason or security. And, and mm. you know, those types of things also play a part in how we rationalize our philosophy. Well, and I, I, you're right, I think. Sorry to keep leathering on, Mike. I'll stop in a sec. But, I mean, I, I think that you're right. And, again, this is all gross generalizations. There are as many exceptions, I'm sure, as there are things that conform to the rule. But in my experience, uh, there's a difference in time frame, right? Um, uh, politics is all about trying to achieve something relatively quickly because you can pass the law and it can come into effect. You don't have to worry about convincing people, slowly turning opinion towards the truth and so on. You just pass the law and you get something done. And uh, it's been my experience that men are more willing to wait and sort of take the long uh, way home, so to speak, to, to, to work to convince, to create a groundswell of agreement from first principles, whereas women, and I think this is somewhat true because of evolution, right? I mean, that women have to feed kids and, and get things done. They have a shorter time frame for things that they need to get done, and therefore they are more uh, prone to supporting uh, government action because that will achieve an intended effect very quickly, whereas libertarians are very patient, so to speak, and uh, sort of want to take a, a longer uh, time view of the situation and, and solve the problem from first principles. Again, that's a completely gross generalization, but I just thought uh, that's sort of been my experience as well. Uh, and it seemed to dovetail with what you'd experienced, too. Yeah, I agree with that. That's interesting. Uh, I mean, it, we all, I mean, we, you know, in this country, it's interesting, too, because you have so many different people from so many different backgrounds, at least in the last, you know, 40 years, you know, an inswell of, of different people coming from different lands, different different belief systems, different you know, philosophical uh, backgrounds, and, you know, I, I think in this, this land it's so diversified, uh, and, and there again creates the, the struggle and the problems that we face, you know, with one another.
And, um, and, and, you know, for instance, you know, if, if you and I, you or I were to go over, say, to a land like Thailand or to, like, China, I mean, those countries are predominantly, have their own philosophical belief systems already in place. And, you know, it's not like we're, you, they always call the United States as a melting pot of the world. In some regards, it is simply because, you know, of the nature of our laws and the nature is that, you know, we're not trying to exclude ourselves from the rest of the world. You know, the, other, the rest of the world is trying to exclude themselves mother everyone else, it seems. So, you know, in this country, it seems like it's more of an issue simply because we all have these different philosophical notions. Do you agree with that? Or? I certainly do, and I would also just add a very brief point, which is to say that the diversity of opinion in the United States and in other countries that are multicultural, the diversity of opinion is really great uh, in terms of actually stimulating the need for philosophy. Like if you live in Soviet Russia and you get your plate of borscht and cauliflower every day, there's really not much point studying nutrition because you only ever get one thing. Right, but it's the moment that you begin to have a diversity of choice and perspective that the science of nutrition becomes important. And in the same way, we have a kind of buffet of beliefs in the West, right? Lots of things that you can believe, you Buddhist or Zoroastrian or, or Christian or whatever, uh, or philosopher. So there's a buffet, and it's because of that choice and those different perspectives that we're all aware of that the study of truth from first principles becomes so important, in other words, when we have a variety of dishes, we need the science of nutrition. So it is the diversity of modern culture that I think has really re-stimulated a growing interest in philosophy. And politics is really a subset of philosophy. Every philosophy can be subdivided into five categories. Uh, metaphysics, epistemology, ethics, uh, politics, and then aesthetics. Um, ethics is basically what I believe is right and wrong, or what you believe is right and wrong. And politics is a, a system of interaction where you and I, even though we have a different set of values, can live together without, you know, killing each other. And I think politics is a, a, a very active emotional debate because uh, people and I'm, again, I'm generalizing, people are either Democrats or Republicans, and they strongly promote that. For example, the Republicans will say, we need a smaller uh, government, and it needs to be fiscally you know, conservative. And that is a true statement. The um, place where Republicans you know, get lost is the fact that the actual Republican Party doesn't do what they claim that they're supposed to do. Wanting a smaller, uh, financially conservative government is a good thing, and you can stand on that principle. But if the party that you support is not actually doing what you uh, claim to be doing, then there is a disconnect. And um, I, I think that's where uh, people who consider themselves Republicans uh, fail. We are here on WTPRN.com uh, and KTAE. Give us a call, 512-646-1984.
Oh, okay. Back in, too, um, I think. What's that? I'm back in, too, I think. Oh, Stefan? Okay. Uh, Stefan, I was going to ask, uh, you know, several people uh, that I've talked to over my lifetime have made, you know, we'll start a conversation. We will discover a difference of opinion on some subject. And the person that I am talking to will sometimes resort to saying, what is true for you is not true for me. How do you respond to a statement like that? Well, it is, uh, again, it's all about the definitions. Philosophy is all about the definitions. And I strongly suggest to people that you start with, with definitions. So, for instance, uh, you and I, Mike, would have had different dreams Last night, I may have dreamt about an elephant. You might have dreamt about an orange balloon. Now, it is true for me that I dreamt about an elephant, but it's not verifiable. We, there's no way to test whether I actually dreamt about an elephant last night. So we can have our own truth about our own personal experience. We may listen to a song. It makes you happy and it makes me sad. I say, I'm sad. You say you're happy. They're true statements about our personal experience. But when we want to say something about truth in the real world, truth between us, truth that we share, like as you said, the world is round or San Francisco is on the West Coast. When I'm not talking about a subjective experience of mine, but struggling or striving to say something that is true in the world, then we are no longer talking about subjective things. We're talking about real world objective facts. And we can't say in reality, well, San Francisco is on the West Coast for me, but clearly it's on the East Coast for you. I mean, that would be a nonsensical statement. Our opinions don't change the location of San Francisco, and they don't change that which is true in the real world. So you can't, uh, it's important to differentiate what people mean by truth. Do they mean it is true that I believe this? It is true that this is my subjective experience? Or do they mean it is true in the real world objectively, and then we can't use opinion as a basis for a statement of fact about the world? And, and that gets really emotional. I mean, I, I've, I've asked people, you know, are you upset that some people run faster than you do? And they, no, they, that doesn't really consider, you know, bother them. They, you know, they know that some people have more athletic ability. And, and then I'll ask if, you know, are they upset that um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is probably stronger, you know, than you know it. You know, again, people have different physical builds. Uh, in general, men are physically bigger and more powerful than women, although they're naturally exceptions to any rule. And, you know, however, whenever we get to this, you're trying to establish what is true in the real world, the world is round, San Francisco is on the West Coast, when we try to establish those, uh, you know, the laws of physics, for example, um, people get really personally insulted when you suggest or, or you give evidence contrary to to what they believe. They people are really adamant and emotional about. I mean, not wanting to be wrong. It's like, oh gosh, you made me look like an idiot. And my response to that, whenever I'm being sarcastic, is, no, I didn't make you look like an idiot. You made yourself look like an idiot. You were the one that said babies, you know, are delivered by the stork. You know, I simply pointed out that your statement wasn't true. Um, I'm going to Kay in Florida. Kay, good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. 
Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Okay, so um, your guest has hit on a button with me. His what? Oh, he put hit a button? Yeah, so I am calling it because he hit a button with me. Um, when I went to college, I got very tired of professors. I had two different ones telling the class that women couldn't think. On um, your your guest made um, a reference to well, women think this way and men think another, and he did qualify it with you know it's a it's a very big generality, but I would beg to differ. Um, with his viewpoint on that, and um, philosophy, because of my experience in ecology, has a bad taste in my mouth because, again, I got very tired of being told that simply because of my gender, I was illogical. And I just want to make a very, very firm statement that I have known many men in my life who are extremely illogical. And if you want a couple of really good examples, I would hold up our our current president <laughs> and our current vice president and, um, and go from there. We are being led into this by some men who cannot think, who are very illogical. And I, for one, uh, don't think that gender has anything to do with it. Well, and, I, um, I want to give uh, Stefan an opportunity. Stefan, did you... Oh, wait a minute. I'm not done yet, oh, okay. though. <laughs> right. Wait, I'm making a list. I'm checking it twice. No, no, Sorry, no. Please make a list because I'm not done yet. <laughs> go for it. Okay, so um, there's also, if you're looking at truth, there is an exact time that something takes place. There's an exact place that it takes place. And there are exact events that take place. Now, the events that take place are subject to our perception of the world because each one of us has a different perception. We, I might look at the building in front of me and go, you know, that's a tan building. Someone next to me might look at it, and their perception might be a little bit different, and they go, no, that's a black building. You know, now, who's to say is it tan or it's black? It, it's our perception of the world around us. So whenever you're talking about truth, you have to also take into consideration that each one of us has different perception. Whether or not that building is truly black or tan, well, a bunch of us might get in agreement and go, okay, you know what? The roof here is black. An actual building below is tan. And then we have an agreed upon what we think. And, and as human beings, we seem to weed out those people who disagree with us. Um, right. But I also want to bring forward the point. Oh, gosh, I have more to say. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to cut you off, Kay. I'm going to let you finish. Uh, we have to go to a commercial. We'll be gone for three minutes, and then I want to give Stefan an opportunity to, to respond to some of what you said before we, we continue. Um, but this is exactly the kind of conversation I want to have here on We the People Radio Network and KTAE 1330 AM Radio. Don't go away. Online and on demand, this is We the People Radio Network.
to America. Welcome back. You are listening to Michael Badnark. I am the defender of everybody's individual rights, and I have a, a deep constitutional philosophy. I believe in individual rights. I believe in private property, and I believe that the Constitution is the best way to protect that philosophy. And every morning I point out that we are in an ideological battle between tyranny and liberty. There is a philosophy of tyranny. There is a philosophy of liberty. And the two are mutually exclusive. You cannot be free and a slave at the same time. And I am here trying to do a radio program every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time that is hopefully educational, entertaining, and, and also as professional as possible. I want to uh, apologize for our, you know, technical difficulties, and I want to let you know that we are in the process. I've, I've purchased some equipment recently. It has not yet been delivered, but uh, I am doing what I can to uh, give you studio quality sound. We, wanna, we want this to be, again, as, a prof- as professional a program as possible. So uh, we are aware of our technical difficulties, and we are working desperately to try to uh, minimize and fix those. Um, we have my friend, good friend, Kay, online. And, and Stefan, Kay has, I believe, if I understood Kay correctly, accused you of saying that women are incapable of thinking uh, logically. Now, well, uh, he, he didn't say that exactly, but he did say something about, well, women think differently than men, and I am in disagreement with that. Okay. But you, so had, you, sorry, you had a third point that you wanted to bring up, Kay, is that right? Yes, I do. Well, <laughs> before, before we go to the third point, I want to finish, I want to finish the, at least the first point on this. Sure, uh, sure. To, well, we, uh, we can either agree or we can at least identify the area where we disagree. So, Stefan, can you explain in a little bit more detail what you said? Do men and women think differently? Well, um, as a philosopher, I can't really say that thinking differently is a good thing because the point is, is to sort of arrive at the truth, which should be a consistent thing. Um, so I just wanted to, to point out, and, you know, with all due sensitivity to UK, which I totally understand, there is this nonsense floating around that women are illogical. Um, I don't know if you heard the beginning, but I owe my introduction um, to philosophy and my lifelong interest in it uh, to a woman, to the Russian uh, uh, immigrant Ayn Rand. So uh, it would be hard for me to say that women uh, are illogical when my whole introduction to logic came through uh, a woman. So uh, what I do believe, though, is that, and again, this is all nonsense to some degree, it's just my subjective experience and some uh, research that's been done in psychology, women do have a little bit of a shorter time preference. Now, that to me does not mean that women are illogical. In fact, there are times when it is hugely desirable to have a shorter time preference, and men, uh, as we all know, do seem to have a bit of a tendency to talk and windbag themselves into complete inaction, you know, like philosophizing Jabba the Hutt or something, they sit around and talk and don't actually do as much as they should, I think, at times, because they have a near-infinite time preference. But there are things that need to be done more immediately, and I think that uh, a woman uh, is focused on a slightly shorter time frame than a man. I'm not sure how significant that is, but I don't consider that to be less rational. In fact, in many ways, I would consider that to be much more rational. The second um, uh, point that you made about looking at a tan and black building, 
Uh, it's true, and again, this comes down to definition. If I look at a building and you look at the same building and I say that building is tan and you say it is black, the problem that we have is definition. What I'm saying is I subjectively experience that building, and it's awkward to say, but that's the fact, right? And you say I subjectively experience this building is black. The objective term, the philosophical term for color is actually wavelength, which is objectively measurable. And if you and I, whether you're colorblind or I'm not, um, whether when you and I take, I think, a spectrograph and measure the wavelength of the light coming off that building, we will come to an objective fact that is not dependent on our subjective experience. So again, it's, when we talk about color, are we talking about our subjective experience or the objective wavelength? And those two, I think, are very important to differentiate. So that's my sort of response, and I'm certainly happy to, to, uh, to hear more. Uh, the third button that uh, we managed to hit. <laughs> does, does, okay. does, that, does that make you understand where Stefan is coming from? Do you? Well, or, or, I, <clears throat> I still think this. Here's what I and and I I have to um, say uh, that there's a particular philosopher. His name was Immanuel Kant, uh, who I think was very difficult to understand um, with German verbs, et cetera, et cetera, and. Um, he made a statement, though, that there were those things that you could experience and then there was those things that were of a different level and you would never be able to experience them. And I think he did a very big disservice to philosophy because um, you know, if you can't ever know them and yet they're affecting you, uh, well, that's ridiculous. If it's affecting you, then you can know about it. And I think that he... He was one of those particular people who took philosophy in a direction that that went into a canyon, and there's no getting out of this canyon once it's blocked in, <clears throat> because he said, well, you can't know about it. Well, that's not true. And I think that philosophy went off in a direction away from um, religion to a certain degree, and I don't think that religion should be divorced from philosophy because... There are those things that have, that can have a master's hand. And there are those things that, that a person can experience and can perceive that may not necessarily be part of a universe that's built on matter, energy, space, and time. In other words, um, I wanted to make the point that <clears throat> you had a gentleman earlier, excuse me, I have a frog in my throat, um, who was talking about religion and, and different things. And, and I think that there is um, a point in philosophy where it, it diverged from religion. I think science went off uh, off the rails, too. And now we have science that's, that's completely devoted to matter, energy, space, and time and, and doesn't take into uh, effect the humanities. And the humanities have to rise with science if we're going to be safe in this world. <laughs> um, and I think that, that there were some philosophies that, that took it in a wrong direction, and I think Immanuel Kant was one of those. Um, that's my opinion. Now, as far as men and women, I'm not going to say whether you're right or wrong. All I'm going to say is that um, I was given a big disservice in philosophy um, because there was no matter what I did or how logical I was, I couldn't be logical because I was a woman. Um, right. 
Anyway. <laughs> well, no, I guess that I just, would be terrible. That's very bigoted on the part of the philosophy professor. It's not a fact-based statement. Uh, it is destructive. It is misogynistic. Uh, and so I completely empathize with that. I'm sorry, Mike, you have exercised. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Kay. Um, I, I think that it is irrational to say that women cannot be logical. Um, however, I... You know, it, I don't know if we are going to end up disagreeing, but I do think that men and women come to their conclusions differently. That's not to say that, you know, women are good or bad or that men are, you know, better or worse. It's just that they are different. Um, I don't think that I am being um, unkind when I say that in general, Biologically, you know, men are men tend to be physically bigger and stronger than women. It's, it's an observation on my point, and you know, I, I don't. I'm not attempting to belittle women, you know, when I say that. Um, in fact, my personal philosophy um, says that you know I do tend to be bigger and more powerful than women and as I was growing up my brothers and I were taught manners and part of my responsibility is to use my superior size and strength to protect women you know in public even if I don't know them I mean if I'm walking down the sidewalk and I see a woman being accosted you know I will I will jump to her defense I mean it's just part of being a boy scout it's part of being a gentleman and so again the uh, the ultimate question is what is reality and and our perceptions and we should make sure that we don't we don't try to make our perceptions whether the building is black or can a statement of fact or not and and there is this distinction uh, we are here on WTPRN and KTAE 1330 AM radio please give us a call 512 646 1984 jump into the conversation we need you and also your philosophical guide back to logic and rationality. Uh, we are both looking for the correct answer, and we are studying philosophy, the uh, tool that we use, the thought process that we use to see if, to the best of our ability, we can determine what is actually true. I'm going to uh, Rebecca in Oklahoma. Rebecca, sit us straight. Uh, <laughs> how how are we off the mark here? Well, I'm not sure I'm going to set you straight, but I will just share with you my view. Um, and it's based on uh, the New Testament. I'm glad Kay brought up religion and philosophy, and they're talking science. And I've only listened to probably the last five minutes of your conversation, but it was so exciting I had to call and interject. Um, 
I think the movement that the New Testament talks about away from the carnal nature and into a spiritual nature, and it's not religious to me, because I was agnostic. I was brought up biblically. I walked away, was agnostic for 15, 17 years, and I'm now back into a faith walk and, and um, a belief system based on the New Testament biblical principles. Uh, and, it, and it interjects all the time into politics. I don't separate those two either. But anyway, uh, when we walk in the spirit, in spirit and in truth, and, and that phrase happens several times in the New Testament, then what I believe he talks about, we, uh, in heaven there is no male or female. Um, he talks, you know, it talks about in the New Testament, there's a body of Christ. There are differences. We all have talent, skills, and abilities that we've been given by our creator it's up to us to discover what those are and then and then use them to you know to the glory of creation um regardless of gender uh religion regardless of color race or anything um to me he wiped all of that out and what he interjected was uh spirit and truth and so if, if that's what motivates us, then I think all of us should wipe out all the, you know, gender differences and stuff like that. And that, you know, uh, that way we're, we're thinking according, according to, you know, uh, what I think we need to move towards, which is in spirit and in truth. So anyway, that's well, sort of... Well, I, I think that it is a good thing. It is a desirable goal to try to work together to discover the truth. Do you and I agree on that? Absolutely. And I think part of our problem, part of the reason that we have difficulty establishing, quote, the truth, end quote, is because in the process of looking for it, um, we, we come up with things, you know, my friend Kay called in, and I, I think it's because she you know, misinterpreted uh, a statement that Stefan made about men and women thinking differently. Uh, do you think that men and women have a different, a, a kind of a genetically, uh, sexually derived difference in uh, thought process? I don't think in the thought process, no. I think we're physically, genetically, physically we're different. But I really don't think when it, when I boil down, you know, from looking back on all my experiences between, you know, brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, friends, you know, um, you know, um, in, more intimate relationships and everything like that. When I really take a hard look at all of those experiences I've had, I think the differences only lie in our talent, skills, and abilities. I mean, there's a lot of you know, I've known I've known um, men that are very effeminate. I've known women that are more masculine than feminine. But that doesn't detract. I don't want that to detract from what their spirit and their where their spirit and their heart is. And so, um, so you know, I don't know. You know, I think I think you know the difference of of a woman being able to bear a child, you know, and birth a child. Yes, that is definitely a distinction, but it's a difference. Not not a polar opposite kind of thing. I don't like polar opposites. I, I like to move towards unity. And whenever we talk about you know gender or race or color or creed, we're creating kind of uh, you know the dualism that I want to get away from. Anyway. So, 
the there is a book um, men are from Mars women are from Venus and so then you would disagree with that you don't believe that men and women are mentally or emotionally different that each individual has um, various aspects of their thought process and their personal philosophy that identifies them individually but that we are that we should not make generalizations based on a person's gender I agree fully and I did read that book uh, you know that book uh, you know I wanted to read that book because I wanted to discover you know what makes us all pick especially in in the male female paradigm and so I did read that book um, and once again even adding that to my repertoire of studies and, and information and experience I still believe that, yeah, we need to move away from any sort of dualistic thinking, um, you know, of polar opposites and, and just recognize we're, we're all different. We are all different. We are all unique in, in what we, in our creation, you know. We are, you know, there is, so to generalization, I move away from generalization many a time. I don't like that. I'm going to go to uh, Sal in New York. Sal, we've got a uh, political and emotional debate here. Um, do men and women think differently, and what information would you use to support your conclusion? Um, yes, I'm putting you on the, do, you on the spot here. But... Fact, and in other respects, they don't. Um, <clears throat> I think some of it comes from their training. But in, inherently, um, women do have the tendency to have the nurturing aspect over men. The one reason why I call was to bring up the physical difference between men and women that you discussed in terms of men having the strength. <clears throat> and there is a physical difference between men and women. <clears throat> Michael, Stefan, put your arms out and look at, how your arms are straight. If you take a look at a woman's arm, you'll notice that they generally point outwards. And there's a reason for that. As the previous woman mentioned, women give birth. And the sh stress in childbirth needs to have the bones curved at the joints in order to handle the stress of childbirth. And that's why they're physically different and why they can't compete with men. So there is a physical difference, and I believe also because of their childbearing, there is an emotional difference. But men do cry. I have. I'm not ashamed to admit it. And men do have uh, emotional feelings. I think they're taught differently over the course of their lives as to how to act, which adds to <clears throat> to why there's these differences between men and women. Um, okay. I mean, we all seem to agree that there are physical differences. Um, you know, women give birth, men do not, and we can point to various physical aspects, and it, and I'm, I'm, I think that we have uh, one philosophy that says that these physical, biological differences uh, creates a tendency in women to 
to approach life from a particular point of view and that is different from men. And so far this morning, I believe, if I understand correctly, Kay and Rebecca suggest that there there is no fundamental difference uh, in the way that... Um, you know, men and women approach life, that there is no difference among the philosophy. And I suppose if I'm going to be brave, I need to go on record as saying that I believe there is a difference in the way that men and women think. I'm not saying that that is a bad difference. I, I love women. Uh, my mother is one of my favorite people. She taught me to read. She taught me to have passion for life. Uh, my mother is my best friend. We talk on the phone almost every single day whenever I have time. And it's not to say that, you know, women are bad. I like women. It's just that in many cases, I just have to admit that I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, and I frequently would say, you know, I'm sorry, ladies, I'm only a guy. I, I, don't, I don't understand how you come to that conclusion. I'm not saying that your conclusion is wrong. It's just that I don't understand it. And um, so... We're talking about philosophy, not necessarily men and women. All that's where the uh, conversation is gravitated. We are here on We the People Radio Network. Um, oh, my goodness. The time is up. Uh, Stefan, I want to thank you for joining me. I didn't realize this was our final break. Well, thank you very much. Uh, just uh, if you could mention the website again, I'd appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, the invitation. And I've always enjoyed uh, chatting with your listeners, so I appreciate that as well. Uh, the, the website is Free Domain Radio. You can go to our archive, WTPRN.com. Um, we had so much fun. Uh, the program disappeared. I didn't know it. Join us again tomorrow. I'll be here at 7 a.m. Central Time. Thanks, everybody.